Like I said, you remember the time where it was literally. I still remember like we were coming home from karate or something and he was going to pick up burgers and I wanted a plain cheeseburger and that was too much trouble. It's, it's like, that's He's not like, you're all getting regular burgers. I'm not going to order different burgers. And it's like, is it that hard to order plain burgers? It is. Kids? It is. Apparently it was. It is very, very hard for my I father. Think I, I cried. I was like scraping off the onion peppers. I don't want this. I don't want it. Welcome to my world, dude. It's just like, you kind of just like, <laughs> whatever. Gonna be hungry. I'm like, Daddy, I'm like, this is too salty. Yeah? Cool. Have a nice day. Like, just... Hello, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, the podcast where myself and a few of my friends get together and discuss nerdy things. Just a reminder, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to Seriously Pointless Conversations' YouTube channel, or you can find us on your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you for your support. Without you, none of this would be possible. Thanks for coming by. Now let's get into the episode. Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things across time and your sadly father-absent timelines, James. Yes, and contrary to what that intro might have suggested, this is about a JRPG and not a Disney movie. That's 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 true, and, or and I'm sure you know, uh, you know, just any... or, or Miyazaki movies in general. I mean, that's actually a, a surprising amount of things we talk about on this podcast. I know, right? Fathers. I know. I did. You know what? I noticed that the other day with Pony. This is a random side tangent, but he's just like the dad just doesn't show up until the very very end. Yeah. He's just on a boat all the time, and I'm just like, wow. At least he did show up. I mean, that is something. True. True. And as a side note, anyone who listens to this clearly must like tangents because that's like 90% of our show. We talk about we are <laughs> sharp and focused all the time. So, uh, so I know beside, beside that random uh, obscure references, today, guys, we are going to be talking about the titular and, and just amazing uh, RPG from the SNES series or SNES era, uh, Earthbound. Um, so, James. Uh, before we get going into the big thing, where did you first run into Earthbound? Did you ever like play before? a lot of people? I first realized Earthbound was a thing whenever Ness appeared as a character in Smash Bros. Yep. Because despite having a lot of Western themes in it, the RPG did kind of fall flat in the West. Very much. It had this subversive marketing campaign, which is hilarious and amazing <laughs> now looking back on it, but. Uh. It just didn't hit right. If you guys... Uh, and it was competing with the much, much more popular Super Mario RPG. Oh my god, yeah. So if you guys like some weird like uh, Nintendo history type stuff, go back and look at some of the ad campaigns that they have. I'm sure... I looked up a little bit, a few of them online. And you are kidding. It's just like really bizarre like stuff that they did. Um, I have to look it up again, but it, it, I just remember thinking like, who the hell thought this was like a good idea? <laughs> I'm like, I thought it was hilarious at the time when I was looking at it, but I can't remember, but it's live for me. But um, so yeah, I know I kind of had the same situation as you did. They added him as a character. Was it in the very first smash bros? Mm-hmm. He's in the very, very first smash bros. Um, and that's where I found PK him. PK Fire. Like, exactly. Like, you're like, PK Thunder. And you're just like, you're who? like, who is this kid with the baseball bat? I'm like, who, like, what? I'm like, is this like a home run, like, baseball game from the Nintendo era or an SNES Terran era that I have no idea about? No, no. He was just, he was a straight up RPG character from a very well beloved game uh, from Japan that actually had a bit of a cult following here in the U.S. at the time. Yeah. And not only was Earthbound a big game, but it was actually a sequel to a big game. I know, right? And so you're just like, what? There's a, there's a prequel to this thing? <laughs> you're like, this is bizarre. 
So it, it was just, it was really interesting to uh, find that out and kind of dig down into it, like you said. And I did play this once when I was in college, played it all the way through. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you, it, it is a very long RPG, like most of our it's, SNES. It's a big one. It's like a Final Fantasy-sized RPG, if you're familiar with some of the old Super Nintendo RPGs. So, like, here, here's some of the... Uh... <laughs> this, is, this is some of the ad campaigns. This, like it says this book stinks too. Like, and it's it's the Earthbound manual. Like, not I'm gonna read the ad. Is saying that the game sucks. And yeah, not only does the, does the game of Earthbound reek like some foul creature of the sewers, but Nintendo has made the product even more repulsive with the player's guide that comes packed with the game. Inside the book, you'll find a page of scratch and sniff cards bursting with odors from the game. <laughs> the concept of smell marketing. <laughs> This is ridiculous. And the funny thing is, is that I feel like things have come full circle because this style of marketing, I think, would do great right oh, now. Oh, yeah. 100%, dude. That'd, that'd be hilarious to see if uh, if they could make that. If you could, honestly, let's be honest, if you could get it to where you would see that kind of stuff in, like, a uh, a, uh, a web advertisement. I don't know. I don't remember the last time I actually actually got a physical periodical, like, show up in my mail, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I mean, I think a 2.5D <laughs> Earthbound. With a couple modern tweaks, like some faster text dialogue and stuff. What are you talking about, James? Would be actually it's, really it's popular perfect. right now. The it's humor perfect. style is, is great. It's it's got it's perfectly paced what you talking about. <laughs> I don't know, but but before we dive deep into what we real about all about the game and everything that was that really made it what it was and um, what we love about it. What have you been up to, James? I know we kind of jumped off jumped the jumped the shark a little bit on that one, but uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> what have I been up to? Gosh. Um, Do you want me to go first? You, you can, can go first. Well, I, I, I caught you off guard. Well, I frantically try to think of some things to make my life interesting. Uh, what are you talking about? You, uh, we have the most interesting <laughs> lives in the world. We're the most interesting men in the world, James. That is true. Not, Except for that Jose Cuervo guy. We're number two and three, though. Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Dos whatever. Definitely, we're, we're the second and third most interesting I, I, men tell, in the world. I will tell you this right now. <laughs> I will never drink Do, our, our, our Jose Cuervo, James. I, I would drink Dos Equis. A real man drink Modelo. That's true. That's true. Sorry, Negro Modelo. <laughs> it's very much so. It, it's delicious. It's but... good. So, but no. So, um, in my world, um, I actually, uh, so I finally finished up uh, Hogwarts Legacy: The Story. Mm-hmm. I have not finished the game. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a big ask right there for one. I've been doing the side quests as I go. Yeah, and I'm almost thirty hours in, and I haven't finished the main story because yeah. I've been trying to do all the side quests as they come up, and like this is a lot of game. It really is. So, and a lot of it's it's stuck behind kind of level caps, right? So you can get to a point in the game and, and beat the game, like beat the main storyline before you even get the side quest done. But if if you're not hitting that level cap, it won't let you progress in there. So, like, I think you have to be like level thirty bef- or so before you get some of the uh, get to the end of the, at least the one I know of, the Sebastian quest. Yeah, you have to be at least level like around level thirty. You can finish the game when you're like level like 27. Oh, see, I'm like 33 and I haven't finished the main story. So, yeah, well, it's good. <laughs> trust me, because I was 20. I got to level like 27, and I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna finish the storyline. And I'm just like, uh, I'm like, this is a little hard from where I was at. I was just like, I definitely died a few times in the main in the final <laughs> boss battle because it is, it's not super, uh. uh like what's the word for so, uh, button button mashy? But yeah. it's definitely you have to like coordinate things and you have to time things a little bit more better mm. on things like that. So it is, it is a little bit rough 
Um, but I was playing on a hard difficulty, and I would mm. suggest like if you if you do want to like make it a little bit easier, definitely not but knock it down to story because they're not going to bonk you. They don't they don't they don't penalize you for knocking it down to the story level difficulty, which is basically easy yeah. difficulty. They don't they don't knock you experience wise. You get the same amount of experience if it was hard or not, and then yeah. there's no achievement for it. Most of your experience doesn't come from combat anyway. It comes yeah. from picking up those pages and stuff. Yes, very much so. Unless you go into the arena, which I found out. If you mm-hmm. go to the arena and you get through the, all the arena challenges and fight all the enemies, you can get a ton of level ups there. But the level is, cap's only like 35 or something anyway. It's 40. Is it 40? It's 40. Yeah, yeah. so I, I've heard that you'll finish the level cap way before you finish the game. Like, there's no need to grind yeah. your experience or anything. Well, unless you're me and you got all the stuff done by level 30, which yeah. I've, I've literally gotten all the side quests done. I've got... And I've got all the, uh, I'll get the main quest done, which is, I mean, I'm only level 30, so I was just like, I probably should have spent some more time exploring a little bit more, but I get yeah. very focused on certain things in there, but so far I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm going to try and actually get all the achievements in it, which I've heard some of them are a little bit kind of pain. That's what I've been trying to kind of work on as I go, and that's why I'm struggling to think of things that I've done, because I've mostly been playing how it works like it seems. No, it's okay. No, so I did that, um... I actually, you'll be proud of me, I actually, um, I, I downloaded Atomic Heart, mm-hmm. which is the new, um, I might like of a better word, uh, Russian-style Bioshock. Russian Bioshock, that's what I've heard. Yeah, so I went up and started playing that, haven't got it started because I got sidetracked by another game called uh, High Rush. Did you see that one come out on? I saw High Rush, and uh, that was very positively received on Zero Punctuation, so I need to try Bioshock. that out. I need to try that one out. It is fluid it is fast it is for for us that have that kind of like that add kind mm-hmm. of like a little bit of adrenaline kind of yeah. like dopamine dump it's perfect for us you'll like it a lot. the art style remind me of sunset overdrive which i really enjoyed I too. really enjoyed that game yeah so i i'm definitely that's on my list of things to check out next so yeah because i'm gonna have some dead space between hogwarts legacy and the new zelda game so i'll need something <sighs> to play yeah it's true you know I, that's what I that's that's what I did um, to kind of fill that space in between those two other games was I um, actually downloaded a bunch of uh, uh, um, SNES game ROMs and some uh, I think it was it Wii ROMs I got yeah. a Wii and I want to because I want to play Skyward Sword and a couple other ones yeah Skyward Sword is pretty fun so I never played Skyward Sword so yeah, the like, HD kind of the HD remake on remake on the Switch is pretty good mm-hmm. I don't know how HD it is compared to the original so I mean, I, it's nice I was I was reading up on it and they because I was I was debating on getting it on Skyward Sword is a pretty big game though that's what they said and they said it's not a big difference unless you're trying to like speed run it which mm-hmm. in that way they said the SD version. There's a lot more time skips, which you, yeah. have, you do in the HD one. They don't do it as much. And I'm like, well, I don't really plan on yeah, speed so running they, soon. So. I think they fixed the back end time glitch for the HD version. Yeah. Which is like most of the speed run, but you're not going to do the back end time glitch anyway. So No, no, I'm not. I don't plan on doing that anytime <laughs> soon. So, but other no, than... The only obnoxious thing with Skyward Sword is they, they put a crafting system in for some reason. So you're going to spend a bunch oh. of time trying to catch random bugs and stuff to upgrade your items. So is that kind of where they get that in the. Um... Oh, uh, not Twilight Princess. Um, did they pull that in with the uh, the new one, the Breath of the Wild? Is that where they get the crafting? Some system of that. Out? I mean, Skyward Sword has this whole thing where most of your shields and items and stuff can be upgraded at a blacksmith, and you have okay. to collect these bugs and monster parts and stuff to do it. Okay. And you also can make your own potions and things, and so 
the bug catching net and its upgrades are like a big part of the progression system for the game. Okay. And depending on whether you like that sort of thing or not, it can be a lot of fun or kind of obnoxious. <laughs> I'm taking you found it to be a little obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a little bit different from the standard Zelda experience. I enjoyed by finding the stuff to upgrade my items. I like that part. What I didn't enjoy is when you're getting to the end game and it's like, oh, I want to go fight the final boss. I'm going to get some potions first. But oh, wait, no. First, I need to go back to the starting area and get three more beetles so I can make the potions. <laughs> that was a little obnoxious. I could, I could see that. I, could, I would rather just unlock things once and then be done with it. I don't like the having to come back and repeatedly grind mechanics. Yeah, Not for a single player Zelda yeah, game, at least. I can see that a little bit. So. For like an MMO or something that's different, that's part of the yeah, part not, of the process. Not a regular action kind of RPG kind of game. So, um, trying to think of anything I've actually been watching. We're slowly making our way through, um, uh, what was it? Uh, is What's the anime you showed me? It, it's um, the one with uh, Love... Oh, Love after world domination. Love after world domination. We've it's, been a, it's a fun one. <laughs> she's enjoying it a lot. It's kind of been basically uh, Jackie's excuse to watch anime, and I there, I showed it to her, and she got hooked immediately. So that was a very good <laughs> good pick on your end. I'm glad she liked it. I'm enjoying it. Um, the, the thing that kind of like where I kind of like I'm like hey, I don't really care that much anymore is like it's it's it is kind of hitting that one note thing after a little bit of like oh we have to keep our love a secret oh we have to keep our loves i get it. i get it that's the main whole point of the thing but after a while i'm just like just i want to see what happens if they like let everyone know about it <laughs> and that would be hilarious to see like the, the, the fallout from that that would be yeah. great it, it's a thinly veiled plot contrivance but yeah there's a reason it's a 12 episode series it's that's kind of like, a second season <laughs> that's why i said it's not gonna get a second season so i can't kind of see why it is there but I like that little. I'd I, rather have it one and done than to try and drag it on. Although you were you were fair though, her father um, is he's the best part of the. He's the best star of the show. <laughs> it's great. I just love that he puts on his spandex minion uniform just just to try to prove a point to uh, the boyfriend who is also wearing pretending to be a minion to spend time with his daughter, and he, he's just like, "You will fight me," and then he just like falls over, and I'm like. What? It's happened here. This is great. It's like I learned special falling techniques. <laughs> you have not learned to 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 lose as well as I have yet. <laughs> it reminds me of Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> it really does. It was it was pretty funny to see. I did not expect that. I'm like, oh, like, oh, this is gonna be good. So, so um, have you had enough time to think about what you've been up to, James? I have. Yeah. No. The thing I've been messing with lately, actually, is I got a Samsung TV at a dinner auction. Mm-hmm. that I didn't necessarily need, but this is what happens when you go to a gala where they give you free drinks. And yeah, the silent much. option is James buys something which he doesn't need. So, <laughs> <laughs> Darn. So I replaced my TV upstairs with a smart Samsung TV, and I found out that the Samsung TVs support a lot more stuff than the LG TV I have downstairs does. And so I got the Xbox Game Pass app, and I got a Steam Link app, and the Luna app, and I've been messing around with streaming gaming to the TV, and actually it's pretty slick told you man like uh it's gonna be at the least way. at my reaction speed i know that there's some sort of wi-fi delay but yeah. i don't notice it so you would probably be even less if you if you do a hard line to it even at yeah. some point but i need to try i've been mostly playing with the xbox game pass one and that's been a lot of fun yes. especially i still think for something i'm gonna like sit down and dump a ton of time into i'd probably go use my pc Yes. But it's nice to get to try a game for five or ten minutes without having to download it first and come back later. So that's been a lot of fun. The only, the only On thing a side I, note, yeah. the, the Luna controller that I bought 
thinking I would save some money is garbage, and I probably need to buy like a real Xbox or PlayStation <laughs> controller. That'll teach you. Well, it, is Luna was Luna the Amazon? One? It was the Amazon streaming service. Yeah. The controllers were cheap, and it's like a hybrid Wi-Fi Bluetooth controller, which on the Amazon app. It will use Wi-Fi to connect to the TV, mm-hmm. to the controller, and to the streaming service. And so it actually performs really, really great. Mm-hmm. The Bluetooth receiver on it is bad. Okay. And so even sitting like five feet from the TV, it disconnects repeatedly. That's, yeah. Which I feel like a good Bluetooth controller should go at least 15 feet out. At, at least. Enough for right. a decent-sized room. Yeah, and so I'm I'm gonna have to buy another controller. Which well, think about this way: I so wasted thirty bucks. I, think about, I can think about this way. So I have a pair of headphones that I wear to the gym, and I can literally toss my phone down next to a station that I'm going to use. So, like, if I'm going to go over and do squats, I throw them over, take them over to the, the squat rack, and I'll just toss my bag down there or my my stuff up there, and I go, "Oh crud, I forgot something." And have to walk back to where my bag, where the where the cubby, where my bag is, mm-hmm. is easily, easily fifty feet away, mm-hmm. and it still holds up. I can listen, still listen I can still listen to my music. So it's yeah, like even my earbuds have a better range than that. Yeah, and they're meant to never be more than like two feet from the phone they're attached. to. Yeah, really. Like I can have my earbuds in and walk across the room and back, and they're fine. Yeah, like, it's, it's that just kind of it's just not acceptable. It's, is it for the for their intended app that they were designed for? They work fine. But yeah. as a as a replacement for a good quality Bluetooth controller, they are not. No. So I'm probably just going to order an Xbox One. And oh, you get an Xbox Pro controller. Games. Those I are, might do that. Those are really nice. You're talking like close to like three hundred dollars. No, I don't want it that bad. <laughs> this is a living room toy. That's what, <laughs> I, thought, that's what I thought. I don't need it that badly, but that's been fun to mess around with. <laughs> just get yourself uh, one of the old. Uh, uh, you can get even a newer Xbox like wireless controller. You can get like a three. I do. I've been playing with that yeah. three hundred and sixty controller. That's it's cabled, but I've been playing that thing for I don't know <laughs> eight years, nine years now. Mm-hmm. I love that thing. I clean it every once in a while because it, it gets that's it, it gets nasty. a little grody. It gets yeah. nasty, but I'm glad that's I'm glad that I was I have to come over and see it because but I've been having fun playing with that. It it works really well. It, there is a little bit of screen tearing with the screaming service, especially when things start to get busy. But yeah, it's fine. And, the Steam Link is one I need to set up and try out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it does is it actually will use your gaming PC on the same yeah. Wi-Fi network. It'll boot up and run it on your PC and then stream it wirelessly to the TV. Yeah. So I think I'm going to try doing Hogwarts so I can see that way. I could play it on my big TV upstairs that would be while fun. my computer downstairs runs it. So does it take up both screens when you do that, I'm assuming? or I would assume so. I mean, anything... Okay. Any type of 4K gaming is going to eat up all your processing and video. Well, I'm just I'm just curious if it's. I don't know if you could still do something on the TV at the same time. Yeah, because I don't. Actually, Casey, with your setup, yeah, you could still have a game guide or something open on your TV. That's literally what I do all the time. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's. I was just curious to see kind of what what it does. I know because I played around with the Game Pass streaming stuff, and I but I've got a hard line in my PC, and I just played on my on the, either the big screen or I actually like these screens a lot more because they've got better resolution than that old thing, which is almost 15 years old now. So, yeah. So and it's, it's, it, but it is, like you said, it is really nice. And now that I've got, even if I got a hard line in, there's like almost no tearing whatsoever. Unless, unless the internet is just crapping out on me and that's not its fault. That's not the PC's part fault. It's literally the charter's fault. So I blame charter <laughs> for that. So someday. So. Yeah. 
But but yeah, that's um I guess that's kind of about what we went up to, right? Yeah, Nothing that's else. about it. Yeah. I kinda of wanna come over and try that though and just yeah, kinda of see what on. it's like. So but it'd be fun to check out. So all right guys, now that we've bantered enough around in the weeds here and and, and it's finally to get down to earth. To, I yes. guess to be bound to earth, James, as it were. <laughs> so I know that was a bad that was a stretch at this point. So so earthbound, guys. Uh, if you have not played this game, uh, a little bit of an introduction on it. So, it was a um, Japanese RPG that was released in Japan as Mother Two, and I'm gonna butcher this last. You wanna put you wanna you wanna tell me that Gigo Gigo Gigu no hey, Gigu no Yakusho something like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, dude. We're I'm bad at Japanese. <laughs> well, I'm bad at other languages in general. That I'm almost bad at English. I'll be honest with you. So pretty bad at English. So, anyways, it was developed by Ape Inc. and HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo for the Super Ni- Super Ni- the SNES series essentially. So, uh, the second entry in the Mother series was first uh, released in Japan in August of '94. Uh, that's 1994 for you kids out there. And in North America in June of 1995. Uh, Basically, you play as Ness and his party of Paula, Jeff, and Pooh. That's right, Pooh. His name is literally Pooh, yes. That's right. You can name them whatever you want, but they call them Pooh. Mm-hmm. Um, the player travels the world uh, to collect melodies from the eight sanctuaries in order to defeat the universal cosmic destroyer, Gygas. Which, is that kind of a riff off uh, uh, Gary Gygas? I wonder if it might be a Gygax reference. Yeah. Gygax? Yeah, that's what I kind of thought too. Gigius and something like that? I'm always... it, wouldn't be su- it wouldn't surprise me at all with this game. Yeah, that really doesn't surprise me. So, um, just doing a little bit... The game had a really long development yes. period for... Especially for a Super NES game. It well, was like five years of development. Hell. So, thinking about that though, and, and having now played the game... I replayed it a little bit. I did about four hours this last time. Mm-hmm. But having played it all the way through a long time ago, this was easy. I easily dumped like 16 hours into this game. Mm-hmm. That is a very long for an SE for a super Nintendo era, like RPG, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and cause you can think about it. Most RPGs like used to play like, like final fantasy mm-hmm. one or two or three, whatever it was for the NES or the SNES. You might only put in like, five six hours maybe yeah maybe eight even tops well and just packing in that much content into a super nes cartridge is impressive because oh god yeah something of the kids might not realize is that if you ever downloaded a super nes rom you'll know that these things are only a megabyte or two yeah no. that is all the space they have for the entire game including the graphics and the text yep and then the actual programming itself i mean you can't load a web page for that these days uh, you, you could. It just would, <laughs> it would be literally like a box of text, and that's it. No, no, pretty. It's like just pure HTML. Most, most GameFAQs articles, which are pure text, are more than a megabyte or two. It's true. <laughs> that's why you got to compress that file, James. You got to make it tiny. So um, obviously, like we said, this this game was kind of in development for a while because this was a um, a passion project of the writer and director uh, Shigi Sato. Uh, Shigi Sato mm-hmm. um, and its lead programmer uh, Satoru uh, Iwata. I hope mm-hmm. that I swear to God, I apologize to the creators of this <laughs> because I, like we said, I will butcher every name that isn't either German or English <laughs> at this point in my life. So I, I did. Right. Satoru, I, Satoru I, Iwata. Yeah, <laughs> I really hope that we get a a German a German game developer sometime. I'm like, 
Hans Weidenbjörn. We can try and find a German game for next month. I bet I can find one. Oh, dude, I... It would sound so bad. <laughs> it's going to sound so bad no matter what. I don't think. We'll try, so. We'll try either way. But anyways, it was a passion project of these guys, and as well as their composers, um, uh, Suzuki. Which props to the composers, because the game and, and the music in this game really is amazing, especially well, for an SES game. It's so varied, right? It's so varied. Um, and Actually, just the use of sound in general on this game. Or the absence of sound at some point. Yeah, it's like whenever you're walking, it's just like the, in the opening sequence. Yep. Like, you find the you find Buzz Buzz, and he spins around your head and he's buzzing. And the whole time he's around, you hear the buzzing sound. Like, when the phone rings, you don't just get, like, a ring-ring text box. You hear mm. ringing sounds. There's, like, contextual footsteps and, like... There's a very modern sound design for such an old game. It's pretty impressive. Well, and the fact that a lot of times, in, in like a lot of the SNES uh, musical scores, have it's very much for like ding, 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 ding. But they, like you said, they they literally take popular songs. Like there's even one at the very beginning there when you fight the um, was it the sharks bad yeah, guy? The sharks. They yeah. do they do they literally do Johnny Be Good is his theme mm-hmm. song, but they don't call it that because obviously licensing stuff which forget that first shark boss by the way like he is no he is ridiculously strong for no apparent reason whatsoever you can i mean it's, it's like he is very punishing and then it's like oh, okay so i look it up online i'm like oh i must be doing something wrong since he's just murdering me repeatedly nope. and they're like oh no the right thing to do is just to grind up to level eight which at this point you're like level four so it's like oh would you like to spend 45 minutes grinding up pretty much three levels because then you get a spell that can instantly kill them. It's like, that's the only way to beat this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Guess I'm doing that now. I have, this feels like a Super NES RPG all of a sudden. <laughs> oh yeah, very much so. And that's kind of going off of what they made the game feel like. Because from what I gathered, because I never played Mother 1. From what I gathered is this had a bit of a tonal shift from the first game, right? Yes. And so they really went toward that idiosyncratic like portrayal of america and western culture is what they're, they're really shooting mm-hmm. for and they 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 from what i get from what i'm reading from my these notes that we had here uh they really want to subvert the popular role-playing game traditions by featuring modern settings while parroting uh numerous staples of this genre which is you get that all over the place here like you it's it's phenomenal like you could literally be walking around and you're like my favorite thing in this whole game and which is why it took me so long to beat it in the first place was they you could i like to go around and talk to people yeah because they all have something interesting no matter what and i'm just like where do you guys like how do you come up like you put so much time into this and a lot of a lot of times it's just utter nonsense it's a lot of times (laughs) like there's this one building i remember clicking on because like you can't go in a lot of buildings and it's literally they just go shh be quiet whisper 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 shh he 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 don't say that and i'm just like who does that who does that shit it's great or in the opening sequence, you get this character, Buzz Buzz, who is a bee from the future, who's like a previous hero. Yes. And of course, he's with you for all of five minutes. He instantly gets, he like, he saves your life, and then yep. he gets killed. Yep. He gives like this long backstory reveal, and then he's like, gasp, gasp, I'm dying. Like, he's like, wait, would you like me to tell this to you again, even though I'm almost dead? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
or, I love uh, that stuff. Or like, uh, you need to get the key to a shed from the mayor to get to the first dungeon. Yep. And he makes you clean up the shark gang first, which you do. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, wait, this would be good for my popularity, but you're just a kid. I'm not going to be liable for this, am I? That's right. And you have to answer no before he'll give you the key. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Oh, it's... Dude, that whole, the whole game, it's just... <laughs> it's chock full. It's that satirical stuff. And it does get a little ser- a little more serious towards the end. Towards the end, but mm-hmm. and there are a couple like serious notes, but like the vast majority of it is just is just bizarre, bonkers, and hilarious all thrown in together. So, but the the reason they did this though, a lot of it was was they really wanted to reach a lot of the uh, non gamer people, um, which plenty of people at this point were starting that weren't like for lack of a better word, nerds or geeks were playing SNES. They're like, mm-hmm. I don't think they had sports games things yeah. on there too. So they were starting to get, they wanted to, to reach out to people like that because, you know, they're just trying to increase their, their player base at that point. So that's why they had intentionally had this really goofy kind of dumb tone. Like another thing that pops up in my brain is there is a, um, there's a dog in one of the convenience stores. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. this. Yeah. You have, you talk to the dog and he legitimately says, I'm being possessed by the direct or the, the creator of the game. <laughs> Would you like to know some information about the game? And he tells you how to do stuff like that. And you're like teaches you how to go through menus. And I'm just like, these 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 assholes are on a whole nother level of just like, we're just here to mess with you. <laughs> I love it to death. So oh, whenever you, the save mechanic for the game is also super goofy. Like, you have to find a payphone yep. and call your dad. Yep. And your dad always starts by saying, hey, whatever you named yourself, I deposited some money in your bank account for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you never see the guy the yeah. entire game, but he always is putting money into your bank account, presumably to assuage his guilt, I guess. I, I'm assuming <laughs> if, because if you never see him, I'm guessing that's what exactly And then happens. he'll offer to record your adventure for you. And then he'll ask if you want to keep playing or not. And if you say you want to keep playing, he'll say you work too hard, just like your mom. That's, yeah, Every single much, time. Very much so. So, so let me, let's, let's just dig a little bit more into the, the story a little bit. So how, did you, have you ever played it all the way through, James? I did not get all the way through. I played through the first dungeon, the so Bigfoot, is, Bigfoot dungeon. Is this on... Uh, I played it on the Switch. It's on the SNES like, online Switch, Switch app. Online yeah. thing? Okay, so you can grab it on there, guys, if you want yeah. to. Or you can be Grifter like me. Um, so uh, that is definitely where I would go to. But yeah, like I said, this is a fairly long game. Um, and there's, like you, like you were saying, there are several uh, sanctuaries you have to go through. Um, and the thing is, every like area has its own unique baggies like mm-hmm. i don't want to ruin too much for the game for everybody so we're kind of mainly staying within that first dungeon for lack of a better word dungeon area mm-hmm. where you have to get to the, the the foot the or the the first step of your journey as it were um yes the giant's footprint which yes is the first step yeah and i'm just like sweet jesus this entire game is like a lampshade of the rpg genre yes which is amazing for someone who played a lot of these old rpgs it's a ton of fun yeah. It's also kind of weird that they're trying to reach a wider audience with this too, since yeah. this is clearly a love letter to old school RPGs. And so it's like <laughs> it, it is great, but at the same time, like you said, it, it I very much agree with you on that is they they kind of I think they missed the mark a little bit on it whenever they were trying to 
marketed here in the U.S. And I think if they had done a little bit better job or had a little bit more better backing on that end, I think it would have been almost immediately a smash hit. But it took a little while, like a lot of really great things. It took a lot of while to, to gain hold. And, and well, I think there. it's just too because a lot of these old RPGs that this thing is lampshading didn't really hit in the West the same way they did in Japan. No, like what we call Final Fantasy One in Japan, in the US was like three or four in Japan. Yeah, like Song of Mana and stuff like that. Like we didn't get until much later. Oh yeah, like some of these games got revamped onto the SNES, but like at the time when this was hitting, I mean. There were some hard cool like hardcore NES gamers out there, yep. but I feel like for at least for us when we were kids, the Super NES is when video games went wide in the US. Very much so. They they like you said, it, it took a while to things well that's when Nintendo really started to to have a, a foothold in the US. They just they they just started really pushing because there was Atari the and there was NES, but like those are much more limited systems. Yeah, like the Famicom and all that stuff. They just don't have the space and the memory to run something yeah, like an no. RPG. No, they really, really didn't. They had a few like the original Final Fantasies with the NES, mm-hmm. but like Nintendo of America didn't really like cement itself. Like didn't they didn't have Nintendo of America until. Around Later. the time that the NES started coming out, mm-hmm. uh, the SNES came out, like, towards the end of the life cycle of the NES. Mm-hmm. Like, they would ship all the old things over, all the old systems over, and they just did stuff like that. And they, I think they had, I think they it started out of um, Seattle? I think it's where they Well, if you're out, a kid of these old NES ROMs, like, there's thousands of NES yeah. games. It used to be very cheap to get an NES license and very easy to publish. Afterwards. And most of these games just were not localized. Like, no, they came out for whatever tie-in they came out for. Yep, and they they didn't really get international releases. No, no, they didn't at all. And it's like and so, said, like we got the ET game, but we didn't get the original Final Fantasy. Don't start with me about that. I don't want to talk <laughs> about the ET game. It's fucking trash. <laughs> but um, but obviously this this had a little bit more love and care in it. Um, after they they kind of started curating their titles a little bit more, mm-hmm. they definitely still had. <laughs> Some stinkers in there, but this is yeah. definitely one that stands out. So, um, and part of the reason it stands out is because of the story. Obviously, was just it's so much deeper. And obviously, like I said, we go through all this, and they have this big titular. Um, they have all these goofy things that go on in this game, but at the same time, they also have this really big thing at the very end where you have to fight the big bad. Where you find out, like, or partway through the game, you find out one of the people in your party betrays you. Yes. And he's, he's side like, oh my god, James, you're fighting with Gygas? Why would you do such a thing? Oh no! I know, but, and then I have to fight my, my buddy. Another but, RPG classic. That's right, but then luckily, you 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 get redeemed, James, and you're going to help me. You're yes. going to help me fight Gygas, and we find and out. you win through the power of prayer and emotions, which is also an that's RPG right. classic, I guess. It's, it's like I said, <laughs> they, they do all this really fun stuff, and, and but the thing is, they do have a level of challenge in here that makes it fun enough where it's not like, it's just like a dumb, goofy game. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, High on Life mm-hmm. was just a really, it was an excuse to have for Justin Roiland to, to, um, put his little quips in there and stuff. I'm like, this is, I, I literally, life was fun, but it kind of, it got tired about two thirds of the way through. Like it was shitting me. I was about halfway through and I was like, I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> so I, uh, you're a better man than the I game was. was a little longer than it needed to be. A hundred percent. And a lot of games that do stuff like that really kind of get tired after a while. This game, I never really, 
I felt that, right? I definitely no. I definitely felt some grindy moments in there. Like, okay, I have to get to a level, whatnot. This is going to take a little bit. But at the same time, though, I was like, okay, what's the next joke that's going to come up here? Mm-hmm. What's the next kind of weird thing they're going to try and do? Are they going to make me go through a psych- another psychedelic phase where the whole world just kind of randomly shifts for no apparent reason? Or for, screw the mushroom people. That's all I got to say. Yes, very much so. This it's, is like in the transition between the first and the second area. You will get tagged by this mushroom guy. <laughs> And it screws up your controls, and you have to just play that way for like ten minutes until yes. you can make your way to a hospital. Yes, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Oh, that's why it's so fun, though, James. Uh, so we'd like. I said we don't want to spoil the whole story for you, but like I said, it's 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 very much it's it's very much fun, and I would highly recommend you guys going out and at least enjoying the game, even if you guys aren't like really into RPG games. Maybe you just watch somebody do a playthrough of it. It's really just really fun to watch somebody play this. So, obviously, though, the development for this, like we were saying earlier, is was much longer than your average. Uh, it's like SNES five, year, games. five years is a typical development cycle now with most NES games. Were... That's for like an independent game. Yeah, five years for an independent. You're talking about like nowadays, even some like like Halo Halo uh, Infinite that they came out with. Mm-hmm. That was in development cycle for almost ten years. Yeah, which was ridiculous. It did not need that much time. No, but... it did not. But it, they were trying to do a lot more than they, they should in the first place. But anyways. Yeah, but I mean, most games in these days were usually six months or less. And yeah. a really big title might be two years. But Yeah. Well, like for like, here's a good example. Um, uh, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. That was at the end of the SNES cycle. By the time that that came out, it took... It was that was in development for roughly eight months, a year. So and, was that was a that, long was, that was a long development cycle, and that was with two different companies having their fingers in the Ex- pot, which exactly. makes it more complicated. And that was that was the biggest reason for that, even so. And this one, the fact that it took five years, it was just it was kind of insane to to kind of see that. But it's it was nice though to have to let them do that. So, um, so obviously, um. Mother 2 was made by a development team that was different from the original game, and most of its members were unmarried and willing, uh, and willing to work all night on the project. Mother 2, Mother 2 on the other hand, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Mother Mother 2 was different. The original game was uh, created by these guys that were all single dudes, like most of us, James. Yeah, if we're single and we don't have families, sure, I'm willing to dump like. 80 hours a week in my job. And the, and of course, yeah. And you add on Japan's toxic work culture. Oh, sweet Jesus. Don't get me started on that. But One of the few things you can say that America's not the worst in the world. No, <laughs> no, yeah. But did you see that? Um, uh, this is a random side note. South Korea was trying to increase their work week to 64 hours. Hmm. Yeah, oh, dude, there was major backlash over I'm it. I'm sure people were very upset about that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what's your normal work right now? Like, ours is 40. Yeah. But it's like, sweet, sweet Jesus. I probably, like, unofficially, I mean, officially it's 40, but I'm sure, like, I probably put in probably 45, 46 hours a week, probably. Yeah. And that's pretty normal. I'm sure you, you know, roughly probably do a little bit more. Like I that. average out to 40, I do. I do 81 week and then zero the next. So. That's right. As I said, yeah. I mean, and there's some days you probably you like go in for a little extra here yeah, and there, but it it's never crazy. But um, needless to say, Mother 2, a lot of these guys had gone to the point of where they, you know, got married and it got to the point where uh, 
the development took a lot longer to make, right? And so mm-hmm. it, it was much longer, much more planning. And so they kind of got under like multiple threats of being canceled. Uh, but luckily, uh, Iwata uh, said that the the, uh, the the project dire straits were resolved when he joined the team, and its programming team had more members than Hal on the project. So Hal, which was mm-hmm. uh, the, the team that was led by Iwata, uh, worked on the game program, while Ape uh, the Ape team uh, worked on this on specific data such like text and maps. So mm-hmm. they did a little bit more. They they divided and conquered, which. On, let's be honest with you that that's usually the best thing to do in a lot of these situations especially with like programming projects mm-hmm. is divide and conquer and so and they they were evil evil wow if i could spot not evil they were able to <laughs> words words to jay james they were able to to meet each other uh, on a regular basis and kind of uh you know figure out things because you gotta remember guys this was the 90s and um they still talked over the phone. That was, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe some vaccine if you got lucky. There was not this <laughs> cool little stuff that they had back in the day. But um, so uh, they obviously like they they found out you know that the um, they 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 kind of had some snags on the storyline from what I've gathered here. Um, they 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 knew that Guy Gas they wanted Guy Gas to come back and re- and appear as the antagonist. Uh, it was originally yeah it was originally conceived as a sequel and it ended up not being much of a sequel. Yeah, not really. Which is why when they when it came out in the US, they just gave it a new name and didn't even let people know it was a sequel. Yeah, they were just kind of like, whatever, you know, this is... Like, they reused the boss, but that's about it. It's yeah. Like a, it's like a Final Fantasy sequel. It's that's it's a, hundred, a, whole new, it's a whole new cast. A hundred percent, you know, that's the way it was. But obviously, like we're saying, they, they wanted to, they during the development, they wanted to make this a little bit more goofy as opposed to the last series, one of the series, which was a little bit more... Uh, straightforward, uh, a little bit more uh, straightforward RPG. So they wanted to kind of turn things on their head. I think this was kind of that, oh, this is our uh, sophomore outing. We're going to do something. You know, we, we did make something we loved the first time, but now we're mm-hmm. really, we're not going to hold anything back. We're really going to make something <laughs> we love. You know, we know those those game designers and those uh, musicians do that kind of stuff. So They apparently like went through like a whole bunch of iterations of, different rpg styles like they wanted to have like a pachinko ball hp counter and then they wanted like a odometer uh, hp counter and they ended up going with like classic early final fantasy style text yeah and well, so like, I they, like went, that, they went through a lot of game but systems it still takes down though like it'll, yeah. it'll take down it, it looks takes really down. cool it looks i like cool. that it's though. like an odometer like it, it clicks down but i really enjoyed that so um so they, they did some different things like they, they used the uh, they tried the different unusual map layouts on the diagonal streaks and it oblique oblique projection uh, which would require extra attention from the artist the specific they specifically chose this uh, having an overworld map and didn't want to artificially distinguish between towns and other areas instead mm-hmm. he wanted to work to make each town unique. Um, which is what they do. They give you yeah. a different uh, map for each town or each mm-hmm. wherever wherever you're at. So it's really interesting that they, they focus on that as opposed to like what Final Fantasy does and like gives you this giant mega map, right? Well, and it, it it's interesting because it, it is very much not a grid. No. Which is a weird thing to say now, but the game includes a lot of diagonal angles and it includes a lot of buildings that are not clustered into neat square shapes, even no. though it's like, the towns feel like towns. They're not 
They feel like American towns. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Does not feel like a Japanese town at all. No, but it's not like a. A lot of the times you get into these old school RPGs and the towns are laid out in perfect grids because that's how they design the maps. The maps are like just really a series of squares. James, and they're Pew- Pewter City is 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 not a perfect square. None of the Pokemon towns are ever perfect. Perfectly. This is why Pallet Town is perfect. It's a perfect square. There's four buildings. It's a perfect town. <laughs> it's it's funny when you say that. You don't I, need to leave Pallet Town. You, I, should, you should stay at home with Pallet Town and work at the deli. Why why go and collect them all, James? Just stay at home. I could be the very best, the best there ever was at folding laundry and living a normal life. Which shout out to Pokemon Rusty. It's a hilarious web series. It, it is it is good. It is. I do I do love those. That's another really good, really good series. That is that off of college humor. Uh, it might have been college humor. I can't it's remember one of, one of those old, old ones. Yeah, I, dude, that's a great series. Hours and hours. Pokemon Rusty is great. <laughs> yeah, check it out, kids. I made a reference about shoes the other day. I was like shits, and nobody, like nobody in my work, laughed at me because I guess I'm just an old fart now. I made a Futurama reference at work. Yeah. I say we should have a party with blackjack and hookers. Forget the blackjack. <laughs> and everyone looked at me like I grew a second head, and they're like, James, I know better of you than that. And I'm like, when did Futurama become obscure? Like, I don't. <laughs> I felt really old there, and I'm one of the younger people in the room. And I'm just like, I love that. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to stop making that reference now. At least I can still do South Park references. No, no you can South make Park. that reference because I think it's funny. It's all yeah. that matters. <laughs> oh, Bender's one of my favorite guys ever. So, But obviously the game, uh, they, 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 they really worked hard to try to make this game as best they could, which they, they like we were saying earlier, they, the, they did have to cut a few things to make it fit within that uh, 8 megabit limit. But luckily... Uh, they were able to expand its scope to uh, and and to make it up to uh, 24 megabits actually, mm-hmm. which was really interesting because a lot of times they didn't. Nintendo didn't really give you a lot of wiggle room on what they were going to put on their cartridges. Well, and they ended up finally yeah. they were expanded to a 24 megabit limit, but they ended up shipping on 12. Oh, really? Yeah, the. Uh... 24 megabytes is gigantic. I can't. I I'm trying to think of any SNES cartridge that was more than 10 or 11. <laughs> Some of them, if they. I know Super Mario RPG was close to 10. So a lot of them. That was gigantic. I'm just trying to remember. No. That was that was a lot of storage in that day. That would well, be, that's, that'd be an expensive cartridge. Well, that's what I was saying. Is like the reason they would do that, the only way they could even do that is if they had like an extension pack on it, like they did with the uh, 64. You remember those? Yeah. I was like, well, the, I mean, the. The cartridges are sold for a fixed price, right? Yeah. Every game came out for the same price. And so when they increased the amount of memory in the cartridge, they're losing money. Yes. Uh-huh. So they, they were not fans of doing that. that. Well, I mean, that's just the whole business, right? So, um, But like we said, the, the game eventually came out in Japan in uh, 94, I believe. Yes, yeah. And then eventually came out a year later in the America. Um, the little, uh, one very strange thing they they did do <laughs> in this, thing, yeah, yeah they, they, which wasn't very big at the time, um, was the anti piracy measures that that they went that when triggered increased enemies counts to make the the game less enjoyable. Additionally, right before players reach the end of the pirated game or copy story, the game resets and deletes its save file in an act that IGN declared was arguably the most devious and notorious mm-hmm. example 
of creative copy protection. Which, to be fair, that is hysterical. That's that. That's just that is something that these guys would do, right? That that that's what I would think that 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 would do. Which I'm just thinking, like, who was? I mean, there was definitely people pirating games in the mid '90s. Oh, I'm just thinking, like, but yeah. It, that, I, that's hilarious, though. Yeah. But you would do this would happen all the time, dude. Because I'm sure. So that's that's the thing. I'm just thinking. Yeah, we were playing SNES Rounds in the mid '90s. No, oh, yeah, 100. percent So yeah, they would do this all the time. So if you think about this, though, they definitely did this. Uh, apparently, I actually read up a little bit on this. Um, Japan has a huge pirate back in the day. Had a huge pirate game market um, that was actually run by the Yakuza. Actually, <laughs> so they actually made a lot of money on it, James. So just take, keep that in mind. So that was just really. So what are some downsides for the game? I would uh, say for me, yeah, the biggest drag on the game is the the text based like damage reporting system where. Yeah. Like, if you're in multi-combat, like, where there's multiple enemies on the screen and multiple characters, yeah. and say you cast a spell that damages everybody, yep. it's going to individually report how much damage each person on the screen took, and it takes forever. And the same is true when you cast a buff on your own team and everything else. So, let me... That, that was the worst part of the game for me. Let, me, let me ask you this. Do you, so, think, do you think they would have done better to just have it set up like a Final Fantasy game where you have... Kind of the bars. Or just kind of like, well, or where it like pops up onto the screen for each character, yeah. you can just see it. Yeah. Because the, the text-based combat reporting of everything that happens was the worst part. Yes. <laughs> I will agree with that. Yeah, it makes it drag in a bad way. Yeah. And that's, I think... That, that was the unpleasant sort of dating for the game. That that's That is where, like I said, that's why I only got about four hours into it. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I... I it, it, it definitely, like like everything, you put it up on a pedestal and you play it for the first time and you're like, oh, this is an amazing game. And then you take it back down a few years later and you're just like, this is kind of dirty and filthy and <laughs> I'm going to clean it off and I'm going to play it. And I look at it a little bit more and I'm like, I start to see the cracks in it a little bit more. The story is fun. The kookiness yes. is fun. I think it's still worth a play. It's definitely still worth a play. Yeah, 100% but... so. But, but yeah, that, like you said, it's 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 definitely got a lot of like cracks that start to show. It's like if you it's boot up, it's like if you boot up the old Pokemon Red and Blue on an original Game Boy mm-hmm. and try to play it without like hardware acceleration or anything. It just kind of so, shows how how slow these games were designed to be played, and also shows how short our attention span is now. <laughs> no, I haven't changed at all. That's not it. <laughs> I am firm. I am a rock. I'm an island. I never change. <laughs> I'm not an increasingly jaded man chasing a childlike high for something that'll never come back again. We will never do that, James. What are you talking about? <laughs> As I stare at the toys and on my I still stay. I still stay up till <laughs> three in the morning evolving Eevees. But I wouldn't though. <laughs> oh my god! You just—that's oh for man children <laughs> podcasting in our basement, James. Oh wow. Okay, it got too real. Yeah, too, too real. Hey, bright side, it's not my mom's basement. I own this house. That's James. true. It is your basement. You're That's, a grown that ass, is, you're a grown ass man. I'm a grown ass man doing this in and my you're basement. You're doing what you want in your own basement. <laughs> That's right. You can't do it too, David. It's time to do the dishes. Not yet, Jackie. I want to stay up. <laughs> you would go. You would go. Do I would do the dishes. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest with yourself. Um, so obviously, anyway, the, sales. <laughs> we wow, that would that was a random tangent down there. So obviously the the sales and reception of this game, like we said, had had a mixed bag once it came to America. But Japan actually sold 
fairly well sold. Uh, Mother 2 sold around uh, 500,000 copies. Um, it was the 10th best-selling game of 94, which uh, which was kind of unheard of. But once it got to America in 95, about a year later, it showed a significantly, like, significant decrease uh, on the games, um, which was about 150, roughly 1,000. Yeah. Which, that's a huge drop. Usually you don't have that much of a drop, but even during this time frame, it was usually you probably sold between half and, like, two-thirds the amount in the American market. Unless it was one of the really big ones, like Yoshi's yes. Island, that they pushed hard. And then you would usually see something. But for a game with a $2 million marketing campaign, which was a lot at the time. It was unheard of. And yeah. a five-year development cycle. The return investment was not was what, not what they were hoping for. Yeah, but the thing was, though, a lot of people, a lot of critics that reviewed the game and played the game, they loved it. Like, they they, they spouted, like, all oh, this... The, the marketing on this is hilarious. The the gameplay is phenomenal, but it just it just didn't get any traction. I think it, it, became, it became a cool classic. Oh, yeah, years later. Oh, Until yeah. he became a character in Super Smash Brothers. Yes. And now everyone kind of went back and played it. 100%. So so here, here's, here's what I, so we were going to talk about that yeah. a little bit. So... Um, they, they, they classified it as a, as a, as a lot of like mainstream marketing, um, uh, people, which at the time Kotaku, they, they kind of, they called it a dud and I low say, sales and bizarre. But, yeah, but compared to Final Fantasy four, Chrono Trigger yeah. and Super Mario RPG, those were the things that were big. Yes, very much on so. On the American market as far as RPGs go. So after a little while though, so. You, you look at kind of see what after it was localized um, coming to the U.S. They say it was almost um, oh where was it at I, I put it in here then uh, this team do, 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 do. I'm trying to remember where I put this at James about where it eventually kind of started to pick up but so yeah that that's that's where it is so eventually they they like you said it it kind of saw a resurgence once it got into um, uh, uh, Ness being put into Super Smash Bros., which came out on the 64. So you're talking about almost what the Smash Bros. didn't come out, wasn't a release title for the 64. It was about halfway through the cycle, I think. Something like that, yeah. Something like, yeah. It wasn't a release title. And this was also at the time when the SNES cartridges, you could buy them on the used, used market, Yeah, but nothing digital was out yet. And so most people were pirating the game to play it at this point. Cause oh, yeah. Unless you could find it at a used game store or on Amazon, you it just wasn't out there. Yeah, well, it's because they didn't send These big online marketplaces didn't exist yet. Digital copies didn't exist yet. Yep. And that was the only way to get to a lot of these games. And um, eventually, what they have is you get these... That's kind of where you get this kind of cult mm-hmm. following. It's from the pirated market, right? Yeah. People start to kind of notice this. And... Um, you start to notice that whenever they start, they finally get the translation going for some of the pirated stuff, which one of the main guys, I'm trying to remember what his name was. I put his name in here. Um, Nico Lindblom. Yeah. Yeah. He, he actually reached out to, he, he reached out to uh, one of the writers of the story uh, or the the game Mm -hmm. and started to look at a little bit more of the translation for the game. Yeah. And so for the American market, for his, essentially pirated version and mm-hmm. he helped them with the translation on it so which i was caught that thought that was really interesting on that end so he they started to you know 
push us out and they he didn't sell it though he gave it away for he was giving it away for free on a localized wow uh, thing so from what i gathered and he i think that's what really kind of started to get this this tap into this cult following people started to really get into it and yeah. then and then the 64 uh, uh smash bros hit mm-hmm. and that's when you kind of get this oh resurgence of like who the frick is this kid yeah, and you find out, oh, Earthbound is this amazing game on the SNES that came out forever ago, and people had no idea what it was because they were just like, oh, this is a weird freaking game with a weird marketing campaign. That well, like get. a lot of the games we've talked about from this era, the weirdness is part of what makes it still memorable after yeah. time. Oh yeah, it's not like like I sat down there. Like we day. said before, it's better to have a really distinctive style if you want to yes. be remembered forever. Even if you're not going to be a big seller when it first comes out. I know. Out. So, like, prime example of this was I, I sat down the other day because whenever we were trying to figure out what RPGs we wanted to do, or old school RPGs we wanted to do for this this trilogy here, I was thinking to myself, oh, what 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 do we want to pl- what do we want to play and watch? I was thought about all oh, the Final Fantasy games. Those are that's that's RPGs. That's oh, that, that is an R- that, that is RPGs. That, that is what you what you think about when you see RPGs. And I started to play like three a little bit, and I was just like. Well, it's like in Final Fantasy IV is like an eighty hours long. Yes, and that's not a completionist eighty hours. That's a finish the game eighty hours. Yes, and that's that's and why like, I said and at it least wasn't... at least at least Earthbound does not have random encounters. Like the enemies are on the map. Yes, you can attack them or dodge them, but they are there. Yes, which I yeah, random encounter RPGs are the bane of my life these days. I hundred <laughs> percent do not like them. Well, like you said, it's it's just and then on top of that, it's just they weren't. Some of those early ones, uh, early Final Fantasy games, they're just not memorable. Like they yeah. all kind of like they kind of get washed together. It's like, well, Final Fantasy, you know, seven really mm-hmm. stands out because it flipped over and it didn't make it just like the Speed Evil setting anymore. Yeah, they made it different, right? Yeah. So it's just that's what I'm saying is like like you said earlier. It's if they if you may want to make something memorable, memorable, you make the setting unique. You make the you make the story unique. You make the mm-hmm. interactions unique. The gameplay can kind of be somewhat generic, which is fine. You can do something a little bit maybe outside the box. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of games, like we were saying, that really stand out and people really love, mm-hmm. it's the story that pulls them in, right? And yeah. the funnest. You get this with all kinds of things. You get like The Last of Us, mm-hmm. uh, Uncharted, uh, mm-hmm. the Zelda Breath of the Wild. I mean, yeah. they did some unique things there, but vast majority of that gameplay stuff had already been done in some mm-hmm. of the other Zelda games. They just took it all, and they're like, oh, we're going to put it all in one neat little package and make it yeah. a little bit different, you know? Well, and Breath of the Wild's uniqueness is wearing off now, too. And yes. so I'm honestly wondering how well the sequel is going to carry, because like when Breath of the Wild came out, this this really expansive game with highly detailed, gigantic maps, yeah. and what set Breath of the Wild apart and still does is just how every area of the map is different and every little challenge is different. And for me, that's what makes Breath of the Wild an amazing classic in the way that Harry Potter Legacy probably won't be. No. Is when you start going through Harry Potter Legacy, like a lot of the stuff is frankly copy-pasted stuff. Like it's a big map, but there's not nearly as much there as it seems like. The only thing that makes that stand out, though, is it's it's one of the most unique Harry Potter games. It's Harry it's Potter, been, and the the castle is amazing. Yes, they they really knocked it out of the park with the well, and if you castle. Look at, and you look at some of the older Harry Potter games; it's nothing like any of the other Harry Potter games, which were hot but, garbage. But open world adventure games, like compared to those, 
it's nothing really new, yeah. right? And so other game developers have been trying to capture the Breath of the Wild bottle yeah. of lightning with uh, stuff like Wings of Icarus and stuff like that. And where they always struggle is yeah, just... the need to copy and paste content to fill out these big maps. Yeah, and you can't... Sometimes it's almost better to downsize the map to and just... I'd rather have a short, memorable experience yeah. than something gigantic and bloated. 100%. It's like, because I'm... I'm at the age now where I'm not going to put 70 hours into a game unless I genuinely love it. Yeah. And it's it's becoming rarer for me to find something that captures my attention that way. I'd rather have something that's 10 or 12 hours that's a lot of fun. Yes. So, I guess in conclusion, James, um, how many uh, Pogo men out of, uh, <laughs> out of 10 would you give this? Um... I'd give it a six now. It's okay. uh, I will probably come back and finish it just for the kookiness and the story and everything. Yeah. As an RPG, it definitely falls pretty flat compared to modern stuff. Like the, yeah. the gameplay is not great by modern standards, especially with how slow it runs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the kookiness stories and even some of the character stuff is pretty fun, though. I will agree with you on that. I I will give it a slightly higher score though. I I will give it about a seven, maybe a six point seven five, maybe going down there. I'll give it a six point seven five. So there's a three quarters of a Poga man standing there by himself, <laughs> headless probably. Um, but uh, kind of the same reasons I, I as you were saying. But the story just really makes us stand out. The character interactions, the sheer amount of stuff that was shoved into this game, uh, makes it fun. Um, I mean, like, dialogue-wise, it's just so randomly cookie, like you said. Well, it's a love letter to 1990s Americana, which, that was my childhood. Yeah, that's what I I love about it. You know, it kind of sits me back into that time frame of, you know, being able to to just run around outside, make water slides from your, uh, from our... uh, from our, uh, our, our swing sets, uh, mm. slide and make a mud puddle, and my dad will come home and scream at us later. <laughs> Hypothetically, it never would have happened. No, no, we never did that. We never did that at all. Um, that's what I love about it, too, because like you said, it just really kind of evokes that nostalgia for me. Uh, but like you said, though, the RPG elements definitely way heavy <laughs> comparatively to some of the other stuff now that you can, we can play with now so this was like kind of the pre-star ocean revolution for rpgs where they yes. became more more real time yes and uh yeah it's it's punishingly slow by modern standards very much so so mm. well i uh i think we've about uh beaten that horse to death or at least beaten that we've heavy 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 beaten poo to death james yeah we beat poo to death that's right we beat poo. or really porky is the one who deserves it well, I don't really like Porky either. So it is what it is. So, all right, guys. Well, I just want to say thanks for like coming in and listening to us. Um, we are going to continue this series with uh, next month with one final RPG. I hope you guys pop over and check it out. Um, make sure you check out some of our previous episodes. Um, yeah, and we will see you on later on this month with our watch along, which uh, we're going to be doing a T- DC title here pretty soon. Um, James is finally. Wither, well, you basically just thrown down and said, "Fine, we'll watch something other than anime." <laughs> so, <laughs> I know James is never, never again. So. I mean, a DC animated series title—that's basically anime. Oh, you just wait till you see James. We got something better. Right, wait till you we'll see. see it. Okay, I know it'll be. It will never be anime. I'll tell you that now. So. No. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping in. We will see you next time. Later, guys. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel. Add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at 
seriously pointless conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.